0: Episode 5 of Season 2 is a curious one. Alan annunciates cougar in his dulcet honeyed tones. And Trage is perplexed about whether or not Bob Geldof said silicon chip inside her head or elsewhere. In any event, Trage digresses. After that brief exploration of what on earth is Cougar Town, we descend into manual task risk management practices in all kinds of workplaces. If you reduce the exertion of a task, she says... You not only reduce risk ratings for physical injury, but you also make the task more accessible to women and older workers. When we design for diversity, we can enact our inclusivity, opines Sarah. Dare I say it, it is quite emancipatory. Enabling workers to have a buy-in, to have ownership, exclaims Trage. And just not feeling like a docile body that punches in and punches out and gets paid for their labour power is something that indeed excites Trage. Sarah concludes in this episode by always saying, I always ask. Can workers become architects of their superior work design? The design process is important, not just the outcome. Hello and welcome to the Why Work podcast series. You are listening to Trace Witkowski, Sarah Pazell and Alan Girl. In episode five, opinions expressed about electromyography, EMG and conversations around monitoring muscle condition, lifting load, repetitions are just that their opinions and no adverse inference about their use should be drawn references to acts deemed to be sexual in nature. Come on, Trace, what's
1: the next Salacious (laughs) story?
0: (laughs) 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 See, Alan's been waiting Uh, all day for the Salacious story. I'm not only what I eat, I'm not only what I I eat, I'm what I work. Um, This is, again, we're on the continuum of who is a worker and it's irrelevant what that worker is doing.
2: Oh, what are they doing? This is sounding good already. Just that there's a twinkle in your eye. I want to know
0: what are they doing? You are intuitive. This is (laughs) instinctive synthesis at its highest, Sarah. So what Um, work is this? Well, we've talked about the reality television. I'm a builder. I like to build things up. We're we're talking about reality television. And you said, what? They're contestants. And I said, yeah, I know. But hey, the courts thought otherwise. This one, and simply, I'm not even going to give you the name of the complainant because that's irrelevant. But the complainant did work for Riverwood. Cougar Town.
2: Cougar Town.
1: Let me just Let's just let that sink
2: in. Say it again, Alan. Your 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 voice is.
0: Cougar town. (laughs) Now, I'm going to read this because this is worth reading. So this is an actual case report, isn't it? This is an actual case report. And when I say this wasn't years ago, say about a year or so ago, a couple of years ago, I'm just going to read this and uh, this will allow, I guess, our listeners, or you as well, to your imaginations to run wild. You ready? Paragraph.
2: Cougar, go!
1: I should have a sound effect for that. We, oh, I'll find one. We should just say we're Actually, not promoting the business. No, no, no,
2: <laughs> no, no. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, I don't even know I've that never is. been there. I haven't
0: googled. No, I don't
1: know what no, this is. All right, okay. Like
0: okay. Well, you went round before. It, it's more like it a wouldn't happen to be at Riverwood, would it? <laughs> no, it could be. Well, I don't. Well, it's just Cougar Town, <laughs> and I, I like the name. And you went round before. it was more Pantheres. Well, Panther-esque you than, go find cougar sounds. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna look for a cougar sample. I'm gonna sample it. Anyway, I don't speak time So, all right. I'm going to read this. Okay, that's all I need to read. Never mind the twenty other pages. Suffice to say, the person was successful. You can read the rest of it yourselves. In the course of the assault, the applicant was pushed to the ground, kicked, punched in the face, and hit with the heel of a high heel shoe. High heel shoes again. I said stiletto in the last season.
1: I guess. So that that, would that's that's um that would be inappropriate workplace behaviour in any workplace. What wearing a high heel shoe? No, no, uh, no being a, a physical, being yes, struck by was yeah. Were this uh, no, two no, women
0: what, or a man and a woman? No, or two, two female workers or two female. Well, they were. Well, that's the whole point of the case. They were defendants argued that they were not workers, that they were contractors. But let me continue on. She claims she suffered a primary psychological injury, together with physical injuries to her chest, back. Shoulders and legs. There's always the psychosocial. You know, as, as we know, if there's physical injury, then the trigger. These things are nowadays seem to be going hand in hand. But suffice to say, there was a there's an altercation, trauma, and, a, and as a consequence, the trauma.
2: A high heel shoe trauma. Shoe. A battle between two contractors, quote unquote, to Cougar Town. Yep. Okay.
0: And pretty
1: much. So, what was the nature of the work?
0: Well, the nature of the work. Just say it. Well maintained through. Yeah, so, the central issue of this case was whether or not the injured person was a worker, and the arbitrator found that indeed the person was a worker, despite the fact that they had their own separate financial business arrangements from the workplace i.e. ABN, But however, the, the residents, if you like, took a cut and the injured worker had regular clients. All right. So let's let's just you want to call it
2: like way. it is. Okay. Cougartown. I had to look this up. I've looked this up on the internet. Cougartown, Riverside. And again, Riverwood, sorry. This is not us uh, advertising for them per se or endorsing the That's business. A decision. Um, it's a court decision, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a, we're just—I just, I just
0: needed
1: river river to know
2: river. what this was about. And if it was yeah. in America, it could be football. If you talk about the oh, Cougars, okay? Yeah. So I'm looking this up, and it's—it's it's under the adult entertainment section. Come and experience ultimate pleasures at Cougar Town. All right, we're—we're we're much sexier and well-maintained, confident ladies. Tip. Top shape. Right. Well, that Late would, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Now, I'm sorry, but I'm surprised to find oh, Cougar I, I mean, in the 30s. Ex-
0: that would explain that at paragraph 37, that the, <laughs> firstly, the applicant states her co worker was jealous of her because she was younger and had a lot of regular clients. So she clients. was
2: a Cougarette. Let me just get this right. She was not a coug- full Cougar. Okay. She's just the Cougarette.
0: <laughs> <junior laughs> so, But none no, of this is important because that she had a lot more regular clients. It was jealousy, and there's your motive for the use of the high-heel assault. Perhaps, this is the allegation. All
2: kinds of fantasies and fetishes can be realised at Cougar Town.
0: That evidence... It's uncontested about the state of jealousy. So there we go. So there was a common ground. Uh, If we like to call it an agreed fact. But uh, I'm
2: I'm jealous of you, Trey, as you get this great promotion. Do I go pull off my high heel shoe and bash you? Well,
1: Well, seriously, by the sounds of it. Yeah, front, chest, back. back, You know, that's. There was a workplace
0: fight. Right. I nearly said cat fight. Well, I can say cat fight because under the genus. Because they're cougars.
2: Cougar, yeah. there we go. Cougar Town and so, Cougarette.
0: Yeah, and I'm not going to say no pun intended. There was there was a fight. So <laughs> what makes this case legally interesting? Legally interesting is that the arbitrator had gone through all the various high court indicia of what is a a worker, who is a worker and who is not a worker. So you know you know the the checklist. Courier drivers are often um, that famous 1997 decision with the so Are you an independent contractor? The gig economy. Right, yeah, the gig so, economy. So, so the, really the
1: this... two people involved in this altercation, Yeah. so was there some, they weren't employees, they weren't paid a salary, it was some other arrangement?
0: In fact, uh, I know this sounds a bit boring for our non-lawyers, it's straight out of Stevens and Broadrib Sawmilling, Alan. Right. It's all about ticking all the boxes, the mode of remuneration, the provision and maintenance of equipment, their words, not mine, the obligation to work, the timetable of work and provision for holidays and so on and so forth. So they, they did an analysis of just precisely, and of course, the case I was referring to was the uh, the Crisis Curious case. So,
2: And at this point, I'm asking in that earlier discussion in yeah. work design, how do you have that discussion of how much is your joy work and how much is your work work?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well, that's, As a that's a whole other dimension. Question. You, okay. That you would address to these workers. That's right. right. It's a whole okay. other
0: dimension. Well, before we get to that, uh, the indeed, the arbitrators of fact and law were satisfied that all the tests were more in a line, if you like, and more consistent with the injured person being a worker, and therefore that person was awarded compensation because, of course, you had to take so time off So in this work. case,
1: had the employer tried to avoid being cast oh, as, a, as an employer? absolutely.
0: Uh, hand in In fact, the, the first respondent said, no. Nah, we are at arm's length, you do your thing, we do our thing, you work at our place, at so our premises. premises and they t- get commission. Yeah, so let's, using your gig economy example,
1: arm's length. So it was an arrangement like that rented a room to subcontractors. Correct. A oh, lot there, of hairdressers do split. that. We've um,
0: talked about
2: hairdressers, a lot of hairdressers do that. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Right? Like uh, some, beauticians, yeah. Subletting for want of a better term, but off the top of my head, I think Rent it was a, chair. a 60-40 split.
1: So That's for, an unusual way of uh, asking for rent. A split in the... So if you were to, mm. If, if, mm. if a business were to rent premises, mm. they would pay a fixed amount every Correct. week. Correct, which means yes. it's closer to what, uh,
0: rightly so, and I'm inclined to agree with the with the arbitrator on this, that it was a working relationship. Mm. Mm. Because the fact there's a 60-40 split, but it was the regularity. And can I just say, for the record, the injured worker was popular, had a strong client base. But my point is, she had a client base, and of course, she's been affected. And she would expect protections from this employer who didn't think they were an employer. Well, it's getting back to our previous yeah. case with the uh, overpaying. You you don't expect someone to say, "Oi, you lose some weight." You certainly don't expect someone to whack you over the head with a high heel shoe.
1: Isn't it? It would be really it's interesting. It's not a punter who a, did this. It wasn't a yeah. drunk or
0: aggressive customer.
1: A colleague. It, it, it would colleague. be. It would be really interesting to. Pick up the psychosocial code of practice and see whether you could overlay it on this business because very unusual business, of course. Yeah, All right, Trey, really what have good. you got for yeah. us next? <laughs> shall All we right.
2: take a, bre- shall we a break? break <laughs> Trey, Alan's, Al, Alan's a little broken up here now because uh, Why? Uh, he's got concerns about manual test risk management. In the brothel, how are you going to monitor? What happens if you have an insurance company say we think you should use?
1: Well, it's apparent from those cases that the madams are not looking at all; they're not. Considering what are the issues that arise in that manual manual task handling?
2: What happens if they ask the ladies who work in the brothel, ladies or men, to wear these wearable electromyography applications? Oh,
0: that's an extra charge. (laughs) Data collection. (laughs) Data collection. Well, the customers charge. EMG,
2: EMG electrode pads. Right. This is is what's being advanced. You see how silly it is now? Can you please? Can you understand how silly this is to try and ask workers to stop and put all these little pads? on different body, well, which, which body part, right? But, you know... How I, about when I, I'm going
1: I, biff on the sport field? Which I,
2: body part shall I wear this EMG
0: sensor?
1: I don't think it's silly at all. Oh, sorry, maybe wearing to use, the electrodes I'm sorry, silly. what? Okay. But I think looking at the activity e- is not silly. <laughs> exactly,
2: served. that's my point. Look at the activity. Don't just throw electrodes, EMG electrodes on everywhere.
1: So can I and just all say... all kinds oh, of body parts. For yes. those people that are listening to the podcast, if you run a brothel, Sarah is happy to come. Out and look at the work activity and redesign the work for you.
0: And I guess what I wanted to say before was that this idea of working away from the traditional workplace there are dangerous work conditions, and these are important considerations. And that's why I like the fact that you brought these cases to the table with extraordinary facts. And some people would morally, even now, I'm hesitating saying it properly. They have some moral concerns or moral boundaries, but yet they were all these people were heard equally before the, the court. And, and equally heard. And equally heard. And I think that's the beautiful thing about the legal system, and it's funny that we struggle to have these conversations in the public space, yet these are facts and cases. You can substitute the facts and, and the cases, but the law ultimately has to be applied irrespective of what the scenario was to the table today? Well,
2: we're just talking about some really classic manual task risk management aspects. And we've got in a previous case of Verine, the, the appellant, the plaintiff, and Woolworths, who was the defendant. In this case, the defendant was ordered to pay over $230,000 owing to a work-related aggravation of musculoskeletal disorder, rotator cuff tendinopathy, from the worker. The defendants approached managing their risk factors associated with lifting and stacking heavy cartons repetitively in the warehouse. And what, just was, what
0: was in the cartons?
2: Grocery goods.
0: Fresh food. I'm... Fucking <laughs> not. <Enough. laughs> Sorry, I'll play with this. I just want to know if this Carpet. is the... Carpet! Is it the front? Look, I just want to know... fans cans of dog
1: food. <laughs> I just want yeah. to know... The, look, I wanted to know... <laughs> <laughs> the, the injury comes from lifting, lifting do you know whether it's lifting off the ground or
2: lifting and stacking heavy heavy cartons repetitively more than a thousand times per shift and, and the workplace employed a work rating system to encourage harder faster work all right you've got pick rates usually in warehouse and distribution and they trained workers mm-hmm. through an external firm about how to lift and stack appropriately
1: so this was a Is behavioral it, does the case based say approach it's a distribution center or whether it's Retail shopping. Um,
2: no, no, distribution. is a warehousing distribution. Okay, right, okay. Right, right. So yeah. that's making
1: a lot more sense. So that's... um, Like the pick yeah. rates in warehouses, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're big, heavy boxes in most cases. Yeah, mm. But
2: no matter what, lots of repetition, uncertain about the rest breaks that were there. So there's a behavioural-based approach about how to lift... Keeping elbows low and near to the body, for example, when lifting, or avoiding overreaching, keeping loads close to the body, lifting sequentially, just one at a time, how and where to position the weight load. So, like bend, you, at bend at the knees. Bend at the knees and tuck in the tummy and keep the core stuff and, uh, tight activate and heavy. Activate core. Activate the core and have your spine erect. So, you know, when you work with a personal trainer, one-on-one, and they are observing your ability to do a deadlift or a squat yep. they might look at your posture posture, and your functional movement patterns and your, they might know you very well with what your tolerance is but you're now trying to extrapolate some exercise science into a large Body of workers, a cohort of workers where there's a lot of different variables about people's performance, the environment, the work systems, and the translation's not easily made. So it's, it's something that's really commonly confused, mm. but the research evidence is such that it's not just unknown, it's known to be a waste of time and effort and money that this does not change your risk profile by introducing manual handling training. Okay? And so in this case, the advice that was given, the training was given, was something that the workplace and the workers in that workplace could not comply with. They couldn't position the weight load through their heels and, you know, just so that their toes avoided leaning forward, for example, and boxing strategies for lighter cartons above heavier ones. The implementation of these strategies was left to each worker to try and work out what was, you know, commonly capable. But the design of the area, the workspace, the design of the pick rate didn't enable them to enact what they just received training on.
0: Right. Let me just stop you there. Just This is straight out of Fordism and Taylorism and Henry Ford time in motion studies. Exactly. Well, I really need to pull back a bit. When you said they were left to their own in terms of implementation, what do you mean by that? the workers
2: to try and address this advice and implement this device the work system did not support them in making sure that there was always enough shelving for example just to, to stack things light so, on top of yeah, heavy so and I'm, t-
1: I'm familiar with the distribution center i've actually been in yes there and um, they use a lot of electric pallet jacks and a lot of movement is done mechanically so what what they probably talking about is when they bring down a, or possibly talking about, is when they bring down a whole heap of boxes and then they have to break that box, they'll have a pallet of boxes of stuff and then they have to break that pallet up um, to send it off to different destinations. So it won't be that shelves of boxes that only get physically moved by humans there won't, no there will be a lot of mechanical work that I've term
2: cobots, where you've got some robotic yeah. actions and you, yeah. it's collaborative yeah, it's with human good. action and there's still human physical interactions with these boxes uh,
0: they're on their own so okay we've got 10 boxes here and alan sarah and trage we're working in this warehouse um they left it to the workers to say i'm going to pick it up like this sarah you're going to pick it up like that and alan if it suits you to pick it up like this is, is that what you mean
2: well, it says that the implementation of these strategies was left to each worker yeah. to determine, right? That's it. So how you implement what all this hell? advice. Advice was given, but at the same time, the work system didn't necessarily, no. you know, support the training that we, was given. Yeah. First, mm. there's a couple of things. The, mm. the training itself is not effective in looking at cohorts of workers who have not been individually assessed in large environments. Mm. Manual handling training... Doesn't work. What right. works is understanding and training about the identification of hazards, interacting risk factors, and identifying risks that could lead to acute and cumulative disorders, and then teaching workers how to build that awareness and collaborate on a design strategy and redesign that work, right? Just, just, so the awareness, yeah. the manual task risk management training is very different to manual handling training right? A behavioural based manual handling training program. And beyond yeah. that, what I'm also seeing in industry happening a lot, and in, in this mm. case,
0: they lost. Yeah, so, so we say, why doesn't it work? Why doesn't the training work?
2: Manual handling training. Yeah, yeah why? If you were one-on-one and I knew you incredibly well and I could prescribe your lift and your weight and your progression of your your work tolerances and your rest breaks. Yeah. That's very different to just suddenly giving uh, training to uh, a whole group of workers with different capabilities in a general work system where the 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 temporal flow of work uh, the exposures uh, will vary. It's you can't suddenly extrapolate contextualize this to a whole yeah.
0: work system. So hence your reference before to a personal trainer.
2: A personal trainer, yeah. one on one, yeah. and that's where oh, the confusion one-on-one's. comes. The one on one personal training
0: What's the p- that? You went, went to one once? Yeah, I went to one
2: once. <laughs> I know what you
0: mean. Once.
2: Once. <laughs> that one but experience indeed. you had in personal yeah. training, right? And okay, I
0: was maybe twice, but my point is, yes, it's one-on-one, on one, it's bespoke, it's tailored. So you go, right.
2: Tailored. You know your capabilities. You probably did a 1RM assessment, which is yep. your repetition max load risk, You know, Little understanding how much you can lift yeah. and if I, what your goals were for yeah. your training program. Yeah. It's really different than trying to give that advice to sick populations of workers. Okay. So That's there's a lot right. of reasons. Really research around the fact that it doesn't it's not an industrial risk management strategy Start, stop trying to extrapolate it now the other thing that happens here is that we get all kinds of whistles and bells of technology right technology transformation it sounds sexy to have lots of things light up and have data and the other thing that's happening in this space of uh, manual test risk management is that you're seeing video analysis and I, I like using video to make sure I really understand the dynamics, but that's only one tool in an armament of an tools, right? You're often going in, you're talking to people, you're understanding the context of work, the workflows, the culture, all the things we were talking about and just understanding the, the culture of the organization, where it's going. So you've got video analysis devoid of some of the capture about humans experience and the emotional experience of work matters it also can convert to why somebody reports an injury there's there could be industrial relations issues that you capture yeah. when you go out and talk to people and you see the realities of work yeah. the observations the simulations the interviews so if you have video devoid of that you're missing a great deal of really meaningful context and then all you're identifying on video sometime is awkwardness of postures Anything outside neutral, you know, that that image of someone standing erect and their thumbs forward and spine in good position. Well, I'm sitting right now, and again, that yoga sukhasana pose, cross-legged pose in the middle of a chair, if you were to snapshot this, you would say awkward postures straight away. And I would like fail on this video capture, and this would be a high risk task right now. Mm. <laughs> it's not mm. enough. Are we working? To... <laughs> yeah.
1: And we are working legs
2: in a podcast, oh. and what's the. That's right. Legs is very are bad. we employees right now? <laughs> yeah,
0: a... And I'm, I'm going to mark that now. Alan has <laughs> legs crossed, bad posture.
2: Po- it's, again, it comes back to just a hazard as opposed to the yeah. interacting risk factors. Awkwardness in postures is used in, in yoga to shunt blood flow. It can give you a little bit of understanding yep. about the movement in space. It can it can actually be healing
0: emotionally sometimes. Yep. P- Short term, be in awkward postures. Right? Go Let's ahead. See, when you're saying all this, all I can think of is at the moment you've you've identified your postural issues. I asked about how I should lift with my personal trainer. Alan had his legs crossed. This personalised bespoke. A corporation would go. I'm not interested in that, Sarah. I'm talking time, and time is money. I need to train the masses. I need to train these 100 workers. How am I going to change that? So don't
2: waste your money training on ineffective approaches. Exactly right. Don't waste that money. What's the business objective? And if I'm spending a lot of money looking at, postures that's not telling a complete story that's not meaningful because you have to look at the interacting risk factors the exposure the exertion the psychological stressors that are in that situation equally businesses are spending a lot of money to put electrodes on people emg the menu you know the muscle contractions yes. trying to look at this and trying to say isn't this exciting we've got data but that data, once again, is not meaningful. It's coming from an exercise science kind of approach when you're looking at rehabilitation. Great. Yeah. Again, contextualise to an individual to understand how a muscle is twitching. In industrial environments, it's not one muscle acting. It's not one body so group. And Why are they doing
0: that? Or why are they putting electrodes... To try
2: and understand maximum voluntary contraction or how close you are to fatiguing yes. that muscle. Yeah? But- I can
0: see the logic in that, though. I can see why. If you're going to pick up a hundred pallet, if you're going to cut the boxes a hundred times, to see the big warehouse, I can see why you want to be meant Or are you saying that's just because my muscle contraction can be different to yours? Thank to you. Alex? That's yeah. the first
2: thing, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and it's not okay. a single muscle that works in isolation yeah. of other muscles okay. and soft tissue, connective tissue and ah. fibres. It's equally, uh, there are uh, other factors at play than others one muscle the whole body works the whole mind works again I'm talking about integrated health approach
0: but they've got the data They've Everyone's got data, hungry. Right? Huge appetite for metrics.
2: There's real critical problems in even applying these little pads, the electrode location, size, configuration, wow. how muscles twitch in the lower limbs versus the upper body vary a great deal. And if you're looking at cumulative exposures, it's very hard to have an electrode understand cumulative exposures over time. Uh, there's also things that can interfere with the recordings. Things like noise and vibration inter- interferes with these pads. And I'm seeing tons of money and I'm even seeing insurance companies endorsing these projects right? so I'm going to say something that's not popular because it is very trendy and time and time again I'm getting asked about this should we use these video analysis of postures and should we Mm -hmm. put electrodes on people and understand the muscle contractions and I say don't waste your money and sometimes it falls like a lead balloon but other people have gone thank you for being honest and it does not take the place of very good candour in the workplaces, yes. which is a term you've used, workplace consultation, yes. understanding perception, consulting with workers, so you yes. discharge the obligation as a duty or duty yes. holder, right, and involve people and engage them in adult problem solving.
0: Yes, because we're heading towards the silicon chip inside her hip, to quote that song. Video <laughs> kill the radio stuff. Well, that's where we're going. With all these this pathological obsession with technological determinism. I don't determinism. think I've heard that before. Silicon chip inside, inside my hip. It's silicon. Yeah, that song's. So you're I looking mean, at you know, laboratory the radio studies star. and then trying to apply them. Is that, is that a lyric them? in That song. Yeah, silicon chip inside <laughs> her hip. No, that was um, Bob Geldof. Silicon <laughs> chip inside her hip. Right. Okay. Boomtown Rats. Really? Tell me why oh, I do really? like Mondays. Yeah, ah, okay. chip inside a hip. But my point is, this technological determinism, and you're right, there's almost this pathological obsession with bigger, better, faster... Uh, metric data
2: technology is great when it's useful if it's not meaningful don't yeah. bother don't waste your time and money and even if you think oh well somebody's offering it as a free study the time for mm. you to host that study is really valuable time that's being taken away from a business objective it's like the
0: bionic man steve austin and other sort of everyone all these electrodes and how we get the faster worker but getting Robotniks, to use a check word but here's the thing getting back to your packing case yeah and you've in your treatise now on manual handling is like what what's this you know obsession with it how would you help those people so we're not dealing with pallets and electron in forklifts what would you do yeah you've got a
1: distribution center yeah What would you do? Yeah, I've
0: gone into distribution centres and the same
2: thing you do, you start with a task analysis, you look at a job analysis, you don't analyse something based on a hazard or an energy source, you start to look at the integration of human performance, you speak with those workers and understand what are their pain points and their gain points. Is there something that can be redesigned or do we we need to look at the entire system, what I call life cycle ergonomics? Mm -hmm. Who's being recruited into that role? How are they being trained? What are the rest and recovery breaks? What's the equipment that they're interfacing with? What's that workplace culture like? What's mm-hmm. the pauses? I can go on and on about life cycle ergonomics or human systems integration.
1: And, and so I, it, I depends. Can, can it depends. It depends. I'm, I'm d- a
2: lawyer again. It depends. Yeah.
1: yeah, I worked with Sarah on a case where they were throwing tyres mm. and um, uh, when you start to think about things, you can, you can come up with very innovative ideas. Oh. Just flinging rubber, old bloody tyres. And not yeah, just
2: me. I can't. Uh, I facilitate the ideation with workers who do the yeah. job
0: and who know that job. We, but could an employer say, I really like what you're saying, this is a great idea, but, but you you going in, roll the sleeves up and going grassroots and asking people, but how long is this going to take? And it's going to cost sure. me a lot. Right, when I could just train them all to say, oi, this is how we're going to manually handle this. Yeah, but, but it then it's not work, going to be effective, so what was the point of that? Yeah. You've wasted more so money. i playing devil's advocate because the first thing they'd say is, mm-hmm. yeah, like this, Sarah, I like this ideation ocean, but gee whiz well, we've got 100 people flinging tyres or flat-packing boxes. So just think how effective it can be when you get it right. Yeah, but i you have to speak to all of them. Is that what you're saying to me? I can only start with a focus group. Yeah, OK, there you go. Bring it. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, focus groups work. You have to... Four to 25 people, let's say, out of 100. It's got to be a start. Don't
2: just give lift training. Don't think you can do video analysis devoid from actually speaking to the people who do the work. The video can be adjunctive, useful, complementary. And don't think you can just throw electrodes on a muscle group and understand how that's going to integrate for the entire job task and whether that that data is actually meaningful and useful I think they call that to consultation. inform a redesign. I think
0: they call it consultation Let's go back to consultation. consultation. And and really it is. And the idea of, sometimes management it has to get off its high horse and come down and speak to the people, maybe through an agent such as a, a good work designer. There's no
2: ta- power <laughs> disparity when somebody outside sometimes goes in, but they need to be somebody who's yeah. really skilled in understanding what they're looking at. Yeah,
0: that's, I think, very, very important points. Otherwise, you're going to have this constant cycle. Getting back to the, the posture, so if you saw me, my lunch break, slouching, because I do, I like to slouch, would, it would, is that something you'd chip me on, on via the employee? Not at all. And say, and if, listen, trade is a sloucher.
2: Not at all. And, and, in fact, reclining is actually a good thing for, to relieve the back and it's probably why you do it so I always say what do people intuitively naturally do How are we designing to accommodate that, right? So we want work systems that move to you, that allow you to recline, that allow you to go forward, that allow you to move naturally. So
1: don't... Like like here's, my, here's my. my. my systems
2: or... Oh, if they... I,
0: well,
2: <laughs> they can be cantilever, It's just adjustable is what I'm getting at. Adjustable for that
0: work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah uh, it's funny. For me, all of this that you're saying, it's very, very sound... But it, I, the question that comes to me is always a question of control. It's getting back to industrial relations, the idea of leadership or empowering, hence the term empowered, empowering, and the more, for example, you empower a worker, you essentially are giving up notions, and this is ideological, notions of control by saying, boy, are we, are we really going too far by giving the workers this much?
2: Well, I can say control. just... Just... Stop with the Google ergonomics. That's yeah. what I call it. Stop just yeah. looking at Google mm. of ergonomics and thinking that image and that snapshot and that mm. advertisement is anything useful in your business.
0: Yeah, that's what, yeah. So, but it seems to be this, the, yeah, this strict focus on. Manual handling protocols, one size fits all. Let's roll out the training. Let's do the induction because training is, again, tick it's the an box essential. And
2: don't look at it again. Thank you very much. You're
0: right. Yeah. Okay. And so, are you making progress? Are you making headway with um, readjusting the mindset, reprogramming these attitudes uh- and beliefs?
2: Oh, absolutely. You've got uh, you've got businesses winning awards from doing great stuff. Rio Tinto Wipa yeah. uh, identified the need to redesign tasks. And what they did was they had uh, six business units change five tasks per annum. So that's 30 tasks wow. per year that were redesigned. And the work groups were giving purchase an agency. They were permitted to go ahead and redesign this. 30 a year.
0: That's that empowerment. Empowerment
2: probably. right yeah. there. And they met these targets consistently for six years mm-hmm. and won the mine Health Safety Awards because uh-huh. they had reduced all of your lag indicators, the stuff yep. you guys like to look yeah. at, common law claims and lost time, injury frequency rates, etc. But that wasn't their driver. Their, their driver was lead indicators. It was identify tasks that workers find meaningful and yet could be improved or are problematic, and they asked them not to also identify 60% of them had to have uh, a relationship to hand injuries because that was an injury claim that they wanted to reduce as well. But they were allowed to experiment and share ideas and celebrate, and they were given the training and facilities to try and help make that happen. And they didn't mm. know, imagine how, what a tough sell that is. We don't know what you're going to get out of this, but we know the yeah.
0: process works. Go for it. A real leap of faith, mm. they, they believed. All right, let's of faith right. yeah. Rather than just as you said, do the Google ergonomics and go. Oh, but this is how it's it's done. That whole sort of mass and fort,
2: in my PhD, in my PhD, I found that every project that you embark on from ergonomics and these kinds of redesigned projects has some level of success, either in health factors or cost benefit and return on investment. Those that had the most market effects, a uh, success, six times more likely to have significant success, were embedded in programs, not just a one-off project. But either way, a project or a program, Mm. embedded or not, you still have success.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I think so.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you can minimise in terms of taking a purely economic view and minimise those workers' comp claims as per that pallet case, then you may as well reinvest that money into more effective programs
2: and then if you, start, yeah. you imagine you can start addressing so many other business objectives. So we've talked about this in the past, Trish, that if you reduce the exertion of a task, and you might think, oh, good, just basic risk management, you've in fact made that task more accessible to older workers and to women. So your workforce strategy teams can say, we've just hit a KPI, key performance indicator to enable that task to, be, to suit our design for diversity plans or enact our inclusivity policies. Here we are. You may find that the task is far more efficient and you have cost benefit. Right? So you go through every business unit
0: and you can find some crossover benefit. You can empower organisations to uptake through their own initiatives and The byproduct, for example, if one was to minimise this type of harm, the byproduct could be enabling another cohort of workers which otherwise never would have got a chance.
2: And it's not just the outcome; it's the process. The design process is really important. When you're engaging people, then you've already built up that, that trust, that respect, that psychosocial profile. Improve the workplace climate. So, you've been working on other factors for yeah. health well being in the
0: organisation. Dare I say it, it's quite emancipatory. There's always this dichotomy in the relationship of how work is performed, but by enabling workers to have some buy in into it, that indeed is a form of emancipation in terms of having ownership and not just feeling like a, you know, like a, a worker. I was going to say a, a, a docile body who punches in and punches out, gets paid for his or her, uh, their labour power. But indeed, you're actually part of the work process. Mm. Bingo. And I find that to be quite um, democratic.
2: I always say, can you ask whether or not you've really permitted your employees, your workers, to be architects of their superior work design?
0: That's what I'm saying. Not as uh, politically charged mm. as that, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> shall we do, shall we do some... Cut. We hope you enjoyed that episode of why work you've been listening to trage sarah and alan and if you'd like to know more about some of the things we've talked about today please subscribe and we'd be more than happy to provide you with information names of cases and other things that may interest you please be aware that none of the matters we've talked about today should be construed as legal advice or any other type of advice we're just here to talk about all things related to work see you next time silicon chip inside her head not inside her hip. Oh, oh there you all of these there years, again. my entire pop cultural life, I thought Geldof was saying silicon chip inside her hip. Think about it—the rhyming. What, what's he saying? He's saying the silicon chip inside her head. Oh yeah, That's, inside her
2: head. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: but it might make sense from a um, in a logical sort of sequential thing, but it rhymes: chip and hip. <laughs> I'm just saying,
1: Bob, if you're listening, Sir Bob, you should have gone with hip, mate. It's um, it's such a great song. I, I always heard I'm it I'm as disappointed head. disappointed I never realised that that was one of the lyrics.
0: I, I, re- I always heard it as head, not hip.
1: <laughs> you see, and this is what threw you off, I realised
0: before, I'm running with hip. And then I thought the song was Video Kill the Radio Star, but it wasn't, you know, Video Kill the Radio yeah, Star. Yeah, I know that, I love yeah. that. I love that song, yeah. But anyway, well, there you go. But is there, is there a song, Silicon Chip, inside a hip? No, you're about no. to write it. I'm about to write it, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, no, that's fine. Mm. There you go,
1: all he is.